listeners and welcome to episode 57 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. This episode's going to be a bit short and possibly a bit rubbish. I had intended to have some guests on and then Skype uh, thwarted my plans and played a face and made me have a little cry and until I can get those issues fixed it looks like it's going to just be me recording with people I can get to come and sit in my kitchen. Which leads me to this episode, which is just going to be me awkwardly talking to myself for 20 minutes or so, because I left it too late to organise somebody to come to my kitchen and say some words, so it's just me. I'm a little bit sadder about this than I probably should be, but it's mostly because, although this is episode 57 of The Parlour, it's actually also the 100th episode of a podcast put out on the Pop Culture Parlour feed on Podbean. Which means in the last sort of five and a bit years, I've done a hundred podcasts, released a hundred podcasts, which is like a ludicrous amount that I didn't actually think I'd get to. So I was hoping to have a bit of a celebration, really. But I guess that's not to be. Fingers crossed, me and my husband are going to be doing a bit of... Husband? Me and Rich are going to be doing a bit of fannying about on the interwebs with different recording programmes and all that sort of palaver. So hopefully we'll be able to get things fixed and... I'm fingers crossing that I can get the two guests I was due to have on this episode to do like a bonus episode with me before my next one. But we'll see how that goes because, you know, timings and that. So anyway, without further ado, here's me talking to myself. Firstly, I wanted to talk about uh, Doctor Strange, which I went to see, uh, I think it was like opening night over here in the UK. It's an interesting movie, this one, to me, because it was probably one of very few Marvel movies I've not been like running around the room excited about before I went to see it. Mostly because I don't really know anything about Doctor Strange. I've read, maybe, I could probably count on on one hand the amount of comics I've read with Doctor Strange in, and some of those would have been other, you know, other characters' comics that he's just cropped up in. So it's not like I've been, you know, well-versed in Doctor Strangeiness. So yeah, I was a bit sort of, like, I thought it was going to be, you know, good enough, because it's a Marvel movie, but I didn't think I'd care that much. Whereas my husband was... Why do I keep calling him my husband as opposed to either the hubby or Rich? This is really weird. Rich wasn't... uh, He didn't feel the same way about it as I did before we went. He was quite excited. He's a fan of Doctor Strange. He was a bit trepidatious about Benedict Cumberbatch, but he thought he could let it go because at least he's a good actor. And funnily enough, we both came out with like the opposite points of view. I absolutely chuffing loved this movie. I mean, there's a (sighs) lot... It has problems... But, like, I can't think of a movie that's full-on perfect, so, you know. But overall, it's just so different to a normal Marvel movie, and I think that's something that I really appreciate, because um, I spoke... Was it on the last episode or the one before? I had a chat with somebody anyway. <laughs> Sorry. About the fact that I was getting a bit burnt out with superhero movies, because they're a bit formulaic and a bit, you know... 
big old death and destruction at the end type, big fight scene, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Haha. <laughs> spoilers. Seriously, spoilers. So it was really nice to go and see a movie that wasn't as standard. I mean, it hit the beats of the mo- of, of the superhero type movies in the sense that it sort of gives you the origin story and then it gives you the sort of almost training montage type thing of, you know, the superhero learning how to deal with their powers and blah, blah, blah. And then there's the big bad at the end. Um, but I thought it was really refreshing to have the big bad at the end be defeated by brains rather than brawn. Because we've had so many movies now where the f- it's just like massive destructive fight sequence after massive destructive fight sequence. And whilst this, this film did have, you know, an awful lot of buildings falling on themselves and stuff, the actual ending of Doctor Strange tricking Dormammu into just repeating the same moment in time over and over again, Groundhog Day style, until he lost his fucking rag and went, right, I'll, I'll piss off and leave Earth alone if you just get me out of this shitting loop. I thought that was really good. Uh, it was it was funny and it was cheeky, but it also it also gave Doctor Strange a bit more of a of a human sort of likable air about him because unlike Tony Stark, who people have been comparing him to an awful lot, there's not an awful lot to actually like about Doctor Strange except how good he is at his job as a surgeon. Um, because he starts the movie as an arrogant prick. He works his way through the movie as an arrogant prick and he ends the movie as an arrogant prick. So I think having him being willing to sort of basically kill himself over and over and over again just to save the Earth was like a really nice touch. It showed that he had compassion because like, even when he was, before he was Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, when he was just Doctor Strange, mega good surgeon guy, even then you didn't get the feeling that he actually cared about the patient so much as he did about just doing the job and kind of rubbing other doctors' faces in it, which makes him a bit of a dick in my opinion. I need to talk about Tilda Swinton because, and I feel really bad, I don't know what pronouns they use, so I'm going to go with they because I feel like that's the less offensive, but I don't know. Uh, Somebody correct me if you know. They were amazing in this film. Like, everything about the way they portrayed the character, because I know there was a lot of brouhaha about the ancient one getting sort of whitewashed uh, in this film. Again, I can't really comment on that because I've not read the comics, so I don't have that sort of strong bond with whatever the ancient one is like in the comics, but Tilda Swinton has this, like, ethereal, otherworldly quality that just suits a role like that to the fucking T. Their movements and and the way they hold themselves, it's just... I could watch that all day. <laughs> I could watch a whole movie, just of the ancient one, to be fair. And I also need to talk about the costumes. I am so in love with these costumes. I don't think there's been a film since maybe like the Lord of the Rings trilogy where I've I've paid more attention at times to the costumes than I have to what's actually going on. Uh, with Lord of the Rings, it was because I was getting monumentally bored. But with this, it was just like... There's so much attention to detail. I think I put a screenshot up on Twitter or something not long after I saw the film and it's just a close-up of Doctor Strange's wrist and a part of his cape and it's so like intricately designed and everything about it is just, oh, it's so gorgeous. If I was the kind of person who was any good at making my own clothes, I would be cosplaying the gender-bent shit out of Doctor Strange, like, right now, even though I'm sat in my gym jams in the box room having a chat to myself. Yeah, I'd wear that cape all day every day if I knew how to make one because it's fucking majestic. So yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I do think the visual effects leaned a little bit on the ooh, have you done a 3D IMAX kind of side in the sense that while a lot of it was like visually 
gorgeous especially i really liked the the way they they portrayed the magic as sort of weird symmetrical you know geometry type symbols and discs and whooshy lightness which is i'm doing a terrible job at describing but if you've seen it you'll know exactly what i mean it looks amazing but the the main sort of magic that they tend to do in this film is sort of folding buildings and reality up on itself uh, it's all very inception and at one point it does look like they're having a fight within a kaleidoscope of new york but um Whilst it's it's visually gorgeous, sometimes I was looking at it and thinking, I don't know what it's there for in the sense of the story. Like, it seems very much to be there, you know, style over substance kind of thing. Because what, like, I can't stress enough how gorgeous it looks, but actually it doesn't do anything to advantage or disadvantage the heroes or the villains, especially in the first scene that they use it in. Like, they sort of... They sort of tilt some buildings and stuff and end up running up what is the side of a building. And it's like, well, like that fight could have easily taken place in exactly the same manner, still on the ground. <laughs> like we didn't need to be running up buildings sideways and folding them in on themselves. But it looked nice, so I guess I'll let it off, I think. I had a slight problem with Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, American accent, but I got over it really quickly because Benedict Cumberbatch's face is mesmerising. <laughs> Like, that's a really uh, kind of gross thing to say, but he is so gorgeous, I could... I don't even care what he's saying half the time. <laughs> and uh, what else did I want to say about this film before I shut up waffling? Oh, th that nurse character, I've forgotten her name. The weirdest thing happened to me while watching this movie, and it's never happened to me before, so I don't know what caused it. But I got really taken out of the movie at one point where she gives Doctor Strange a hug, and you see, like, her hand is really close to the camera, and you can see that she's in... In A&E, in scrubs, with like a hair up and everything. But she's wearing like dark blue nail varnish on very short, shitty nails. And all I could think was, like, because I work in the NHS, all I could think was, ain't no way you're working on an A&E with nail varnish or chipped and gross on your tiny, clearly bitten nails. <laughs> like, it was really weird. I don't know why they had it there. But anyway, that's just me being really odd. I'm going to give Doctor Strange a really big thumbs up and I do really want to go and see it again because I think it was a little bit of a breath, breath of fresh air, not quite Deadpool-style breath of fresh air, which was like... Do you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder whether Deadpool's ruined me for superhero movies for a bit. Because <laughs> I've noticed I haven't been enjoying any as much since I've seen Deadpool, but uh, that's a theory for another day, I guess. Um, I'm going to move on to some comics now, because I've read quite a lot of them. <laughs> um, I went down to Thought Bubble Comic Con, which is my favourite comic con. I go there, I think I've been there every year for the past, maybe... Is it five or maybe six years? It takes place in Leeds in November and it's always brilliant. It focuses just on the comics and they always have really great guests. There's a party in the uh, middle of the weekend which is always really fun. Uh, it was a bit weird this year because they had the venue was like a food court. So on the one hand, it was great because while you were like in the middle of drunken dancing, you could be like, oh, I need some chips. Oh, there's some chips. But it also meant that the, the sheer quantity of ovens that were on in there made the dance floor just like the hottest, sauneriest place I've ever been in my entire life. Like, I am quite well known at Thought Bubble by my little circle of friends as being the person that you have to, like, drag off the dance floor at the end because they've turned the music off and put the lights up. But this time I had to sit down, like, a lot because I was sweating profusely. <laughs> and at first I thought that was just a sign of, like, how completely unfit I am um, since I stopped going to the gym last year. But Literally everybody else was a sweaty, gross mess as well, so I feel a little bit better about myself. But anyway, I'm rambling. So, 
I went to Thought Bubble, and while I was there, I picked up Hark, A Vagrant by Kate Beaton. And the reason I picked that up is because my lovely mum, oh, is it Rich? Some lovely family member bought me Step Aside Pops, also by Kate Beaton, for my birthday. And I read it just before I went to Thought Bubble uh, and fell in love, like, immediately. So both of these books are collections of comic strips. So they're all sort of like three or four panels. And it's all comic strips based around famous literature, uh, history, uh, pop culture. And the thing that struck me the most about it is how ridiculously funny it is. It's really hard to actually make me laugh out loud in a written medium. I actually can't think of a, a time when I've genuinely laughed out loud at a book or a comic like ever before. But I did it several times reading both of these books. They are fucking brilliant. But I think the thing that makes it so funny is Beaton's art style. I don't really know how to describe it because it's just like black and white ink style drawings. But her facial expressions are absolutely perfect. I've never seen anything like them before in my life. I just, I can open a page and immediately start giggling at a ridiculous but but completely realistic perfect face. I'm really struggling to talk about it because you really have to see it to understand just how fucking great it is what's great about it as well is that there's a lot of stuff relating to things that i'm interested in so there's a lot of like wonder woman based strips or um you know like other other comics other movies stuff like that um lots of books that i've read that i really like but i'm not much of a history buff so there's quite a lot in there as well that's made me laugh but also made me interested enough to go and like look that historical person up and find out a little bit about them so it's actually educated me a tiny bit as well which is good because I haven't really learnt much in my life since I left school. <laughs> I really don't know how to talk about this book because it is just really you just have to go and check it out. As far as I'm aware Kate Beaton still does like online stuff and then collects them. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry I just distracted myself by opening the book to a page called Lois Lane Reporter and just getting the giggles at Superman's stupidly perfect chiselled face. <laughs> oh it's so good you really need to read it guys it's really really funny i am probably going to reread them at some point in the not too distant future possibly when i've got down my big pile of things that i need to read but yes definitely check those out go find kate beaton online she's very funny on twitter as well her comics are great what else have i seen and done and read and whatever oh i could talk about arrival it's probably going to be spoilers here too that was a movie that I have no idea what I think about it. It's a really odd one because I didn't know much about it beforehand except that it had um, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner in it and that it was about aliens? Question mark? So Rich and I went to see it with our mate Key on a day when we decided to do like a movie double. Uh, we went to see The Accountant first with Ben Affleck, which I thought was a very good film. Possibly thinks it's a bit cleverer than it is, but it's an enjoyable watch. Then we went for lunch, then we went to see Arrival and... I don't know what I was expecting of Arrival. I think it had been really bigged up to me as like, oh, this is going to be the thing Amy Adams is going to win the Oscar for. And, you know, this is Jeremy Renner's best performance in anything ever. Uh, this movie's amazing. You know, it's... Uh, everybody's got their nose up its bum, basically. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's a victim of its own hype or whether it just wasn't for me. But I felt like I liked the idea... And I wasn't against any of the actors in it. In fact, Jeremy Renner normally bores me to tears. I normally forget he's in things, but he actually delivered a performance with some marginal charisma, so that was nice. But the 
the film felt long and it felt slow and it felt like there wasn't like a like a resolution look i don't know how to word this because there definitely was okay i'm spoiling it so the premise of the movie is that these big alien ships appear we're a species shit ourselves and we start sending in you know scientists and brainy peeps to figure out why have they appeared what do they want when are they going to do whatever it is they're going to do blah 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 amy adams gets sort of drafted in because she's like queen of linguistics or some shit and um they chuck her in this in this spaceship and she starts communicating with the aliens now I don't know what I <laughs> I don't know what I wanted from this movie when I realized it wasn't going to be like an action-packed alien invasion thing but it felt like oh, it's really hard to describe it felt like it was trying to say that it was really difficult to find out what these aliens wanted and and learning their language and them learning ours and blah 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 but they actually didn't really show you any of that like not that I want to see <laughs> like a three like a three hour movie of Amy Adams just like hunched over a weird symbol going, I wonder what this could mean and stroking her chin. But it felt like um there were a lot of logic jumps in the movie and so it felt it felt incomplete to me. Like, you know, they'd go from managing to communicate to the you know, that like the aliens were producing these weird wafty symbols in the air. And they managed to sort of go from understanding one of or like they taught the aliens the word human. The aliens produced this symbol, so they assumed it meant human, and then somehow they used that to figure out their entire fucking symbol language. But they didn't show you any of them figuring out that entire fucking symbol language. And it, it just, it's weird. It felt like they rushed it, but at the same time, the movie was fucking long. <laughs> like I, I don't know. Like it just felt. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. But the weird thing is, is that I didn't come out of the movie and think, God, that was shit. Like, I gave it three and a half out of five stars on Letterboxd because it's a really good idea and it's it's pretty well executed and it's pretty well acted. And whilst the ending wasn't as much of a of a twist as, as a lot of people, I think, have been beginning it up to be, um, it was an interesting ending. But it... I suppose it's because the ending felt sort of like a bit... Okay, I'm going to spoil the ending now as well because this is driving me crackers trying to talk around it. The end of the story is basically that Amy Adams learns to sort of communicate with the aliens and they tell her basically that the reason they've appeared on Earth at this point is to teach them, to teach humanity their language because their language somehow gives you the ability to sort of see through time because time for them is not a linear thing and somehow some some aspect of their language unlocks some part of your brain something something blah 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 mcgubbins and and basically they say we're giving you this now we're giving you this ability because in three thousand years we're gonna need you your help and then they fuck off and all i could think was oh my god what happens in three thousand years <laughs> like i got to the end of the film and i was like because the fuck about amy adams and, and her stupid kid like <laughs> I really want to know what happens in 3,000 years that aliens with this kind of mega time-travelling language and fucking ridiculous space technology need our little shitty help for. <laughs> so, yeah, I would like to see an Arrival uh, sequel, please, set 3,000 years in the future because <laughs> I want to know what happened there. Uh, have I watched any good telly? Let me think. Oh, Black Mirror's been on again. It's not something I should really talk about because it's another one where I'm going to go, I don't really know how I felt about this. Because I have the feeling, and I've I've got it towards the end of the last series of Black Mirror as well, that Charlie Brooker is getting a bit smug and has a really grim outlook on humanity. 
the first episode there are two episodes i kind of want to talk about the first one shit i can't remember what it was called <laughs> should have written this down um but it was basically an episode about it was set in the not too distant future whereby people can be judged digitally with every interaction they have so you know you go to a restaurant your waiter was good you give them three four five stars whatever at uh, the maximum is five and then depending on your overall star ranking that that dictates your place in society so for example you know only fives get to travel first class on planes and things like that it's very much like the meow meow beans episode of community but a hell of a lot less funny uh, and a hell of a lot more judgy I think this is my problem with with Charlie Brooker and Black Mirror of late is that he has some really good ideas and he re- like he recognizes that the world can be a scary place and that technology is making it even scarier like whilst technology is super convenient and I you know I wouldn't want it to go anywhere you know there is a lot of stuff about it that's a little bit on the the scary side but he he often takes an idea and turns it up to 11 but then also adds in this idea that we're all fucking arseholes so like it sort of focuses on on a girl who's sort of really trying hard to 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 achieve a you know high four five type star score but ends up losing a lot of her stars in a sort of bad day type scenario where you know she misses a flight because of something and then she a car breaks down and she has to hitchhike and all this other stuff that causes her to lose a lot of her stars and have a bit of a mental breakdown at a wedding but it it makes me feel like in the same way that the episode about the Prime Minister fucking a pig made me feel like Charlie Brooker thought... I feel like he thinks that literally everybody in the world, if this particular type of technology came about, or if, you know, the Prime Minister fucking a pig was going to get televised, everybody would tune in and everybody would be voting on these stars and care about these stars and behave in a different way because of these stars. Because he, cause, cause Charlie Brooker thinks we're all shit sheepy judgy arseholes and i don't like that about him or about his writing at least i, I don't know him as a person because i mean I, i'm not a hundred percent nice person i can be quite bitchy and i've been known to to drop a few insults here and there um i think everybody has but i would like to think that in the event that this sort of rating system came out that i would be relatively fair and that i wouldn't go around changing the way that I behave I mean I can't say for definite because like when the fuck is this situation going to happen to me but you know I'd like to think that I'd still hold on to the majority of who I am and and what drives me whereas this I suppose there was her like her brother character who uh didn't really give much of a shit about the stars and was sort of coasting on like a like a three-ish sort of situation and didn't really care but you don't get to see much of him so it's not like a balance there's no balance there but then episode, I think it was three or four, it was called San Junipero, was uh, a little bit wonderful. And I kind of I kind of fell in love with it. It had a, whilst the ending is a little bit ambiguous, it had a much, a much nicer, much more positive feeling at the end of it. This, this episode was really cleverly written because it's set in a sort of, well, it initially seems like it's set in a sort of 80s Miami style place. And it follows a character who meets uh, a woman and sort of falls for her. And the great thing about the way this episode is done is that it gives you enough to keep you intrigued because you know, oh, it's it's Black Mirror. It's going to be about technology. You know, this isn't going to be everything that it seems. So it feed it like feeds you little bits of information that's enough to keep you from being completely bamboozled, but but not so much that you get like you lose all the intrigue and you guess what's going to happen straight away. Spoilers again. So it turns out that 
this sort of resort that they're in is actually a, a piece of technology that's been created for people who are who want to escape real life. So whether that's people who are terminally ill or, you know, severely injured or they've lost a lot of family members or, you know, whatever. They can sort of retreat into the into San Junipero and they can change like the decade that they're in based on how they're feeling at the time. And it's a really interesting, lovely story. I really enjoyed it. I can't remember much about the other episodes. I know one was about a video game. Oh, I do remember that. A fucking video game that like gets implanted in your head and makes you like think like all your worst nightmares come true and i was like oh no what's gonna happen it's gonna shit me up so for a start they fucking put him in a house that looks a bit like the mansion uh like a smaller version of the mansion from resident evil so i'm immediately (laughs) terrified and then the fucking spider appears and crawls up the arm of his chair onto his hand and i was just like no i'm out what's funny about that is that a massive spider with the face of an old school bully appears later and i wasn't even slightly phased by that because it looked so shit and unrealistic but the little one that was crawling all over the floor no thanks mate i realized that i've been rambling for like half an hour now i think i'm gonna call it a day here for my solo episode solo 100 episode <laughs> shed a little tear if you want to follow me on twitter you can find me at stacy's parlor that's stacy with an e parlor with a u if you want to follow me on Instagram and see pictures of comics I've bought, dresses I'm wearing, my stupid face, my dinner, I'm at T over there. You can buy my face shirt from spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk, but because there's not been much activity on there, I am thinking about closing the shop fairly soon. So if you did want to pick up any parlour merch, now would be the time. What else? What else? You can drop me an email at stacysparlor at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group, Stacey's Pop Culture Parlor. Just do a little search and you will find it. And I think that's about it. If you would like to leave an iTunes review, that would be lovely because that would help me reach other ears, more ears, further ears. Um, so if you want to do that, that would be absolutely spiffing. On that note, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully I will have a bonus episode for you uh, within the next couple of weeks. But if not, tune in in December when myself, my lovely husband Rich, my good buddy Phil and possibly my good buddy Keith, we can convince him to get on the microphone, will be doing our top fives of the year. Uh, So we'll be talking about our top five TV shows, comics, albums and movies. Is that it? Yes, I think that's it. TTFN, ta-ta for now. We return from the depths of the bad man With a gun and a knife and a waistband With the war with the devil and shaitan He wore a bad toupee and a spray tan So high now, hoping that I land Stick moving through Thailand On the radio, heard a plane hijack Government being that like the cook crack I'm moving the world of conspiracies Obey no rules, I'm doing me Smoke kush transport to the airport Customs found a joint in my passport Full cash and I gave him what he asked for God damn it, it's a motherfucking miracle Small bride made it back into America Hit Uber and maneuvered out the area Rhyme animal, pit bull terrier Rap terrorist, terrorized, paired up Brought gas in the matches to flare it up Militant Michael, Michael, psycho On any ally or rival Born black that's dead on arrival My job is to fight for survival In spite of these all lives matter as white folk This is 
spiritual warfare that you have been dealing with. This is not a fight that you have been dealing with flesh and blood, but this is a fight against principalities and evildoers and unclean spirits. RTJ3 motherfuckers. Gray man did it out face down in the Vietnam muscle walking on style on you. And then I walk uphill both ways to the booth and back and I'll wild on you. You think baby Jesus killed Hitler just so I whisper?